Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. My name is Robert Brining, tonight joined by Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, Jeremy. Hello, hello. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Happy Memorial Day weekend to you as well. It's going to be a, you know, it's going to be lovely here. I think it might actually have a, we might actually have a a late afternoon thunderstorm tomorrow afternoon. I hope not, but but I'm prepared anyway, so. Yeah, that's always rain on the holiday weekend, it seems. I know, always, always. So, uh, So how was last week? I missed. I'm sorry, say that again. I'm sorry. I know. Okay, so so put the wine down, Robert, and listen to what I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> so how was last week that I missed? Oh, was she not uh, the fan- show was, was she? Yeah. Yes, Mary was fantastic. She read some of her poetry on air. Uh, Daniel Bauer filled in for you and sat in the hot seat with me, and he he loved it. He was it was like second nature to him. It was really cool. Oh, great! Now I'm gonna. Now do I have to worry about my job? No, not at all. You're good. Okay. All right. <laughs> your job, yeah. I'll send you your paycheck in a bit. Exactly. Um, Just add a zero to it. <laughs> so what did you do? To, what did you do this weekend? Anything exciting or planned for tomorrow? Um, well, actually, today I rearranged my office, and um, because I start a new job on Tuesday, a real full-time job. And so I had to get everything kind of rearranged things and got it all cleaned up. And now my desk is all nice and clean and I can see things and it's and, and I can look out my window. And so that's what I did today. Yesterday, what did we do yesterday? Oh, bought a new bicycle. That's um, always fun. It, it was. I, and I've got to tell you, I, haven't, I have not been on a bike in like forever. But uh, Mark and I decided that we were going to go and get some new bicycles because, you know, we we live close by to everything. So it would be just as easy to hop on a bike, go to the store, and, or, you know, go different places around where we live versus um, driving. And I'll get to driving in a second. Um, so we've got new bikes, and they are building them as we speak, and we get to pick them up this next week. I'm very excited. Very excited. Uh, so I think I think some folks were wondering why I wasn't here last week. Yeah. So I had a bit of a car accident on Sunday afternoon, which was awful. So um, and I'll just I'm going to tell you the whole sordid story. It doesn't take long. I was at a stop sign. I I looked both ways like you normally do, and I was pulling out to make a left hand turn, and there is a bend in the road. And I didn't see the other vehicle, and she T-boned me right in the side. And I took the brunt of the impact on the driver's side of of the of my Jeep. And she, her car went underneath almost. And I think her car is a total total loss, if you ask me. I don't think they're going to be able to fix it. So I spent a good portion of my Sunday afternoon in the emergency room <laughs> last week. Um, had a banged up knee and leg. Now it's all black and blue. I was on, uh, they had me on painkillers and, and uh, muscle relaxers. So when I took them, it, it just put me to sleep. So that's why I wasn't here last week. Well, I'm glad My you're car, better. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Everybody walked away from the thing. Um, but uh, I think the Jeep will be prepared in the next week or so. I'm driving around in a nice Nissan Altima. It's weird to drive a car that's so low to the ground. <laughs> right, because you're used to a, tr- a Jeep, right? Yeah, I'm up high, and I'm, I can look around. And I tell you, if I, if I were in a – and this is what really kind of struck me. If I was in the Nissan Altima when that accident happened, I would be seriously injured because right. of where the impact was. You know, So I, I, I love my Jeep. My Jeep is the best thing ever. Wow. But, uh, yeah, I know. It was a little scary. It was a little, you know, 
a little scary there for a minute, but everybody walked away, and that was the most important thing. So, so that's that was my week. How was your week? Well, my weekend, um, you know, I, I played for the soccer team here in Philly, the Falcons, and we actually had a soccer tournament, the Liberty Ball Classic, this weekend. And, you know, it's a big gay soccer tournament here in Philly that we invite people from all over to, you know, just play. It's fun. You meet people, you know what I mean, and, and, and soccer. So, you know, it, it's good times for everybody who enjoys playing it. And um, we had some really cool um, team names that we had. Uh, one, of the, one of the names, because we're mixed, it's co-ed. You know what I mean? So uh, one of the team names we had was All the Single Ladies, which I thought was kind of really cool. Um, we did uh, – my team actually won the entire tournament, and we were called Born This Way. So Wow. Um, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. My mom came out. Uh, my sister, my five-year-old niece who just started playing soccer came out. Uh, Joe came out today and watched. It was just really cool to have, like, the support. My mom hasn't seen me play in years. You know, so it was oh, kind wow. of cool to have my mom cheering on the sidelines like she used to do when I was younger. Aw, that's always nice. Yeah. I was, now, if I remember correctly, from when we were in, um, where were we, in Dallas, mm-hmm. uh, David Voss, the um, yeah. the the director of uh, Hopla, um, I, I understand that, that he, and you, you and he have played against each other in some of these tournaments. Was he there this week? No, he was not. I don't even know if he uh, plays anymore. I haven't seen him in a long time. Um, gotcha. That's why it was so shocking when I saw him at the NAFL conference because I was just blown away. And it was funny because we actually, I was talking to one of his friends who is from D.C. and, you know, we played with before, and I was talking about that experience of how meeting him and how cool it was to make that connection. Isn't that great? I mean, it, it's amazing how, it, it, and I know, I know this is going to sound sappy, but it really is amazing just how small our world is becoming um, with, you know, with what we're doing here with, uh, with Talk I Am, uh, through Facebook, through, you know, your connections in the soccer arena. I mean, it's amazing how everything just kind of overlaps and, and is interwoven. Mm-hmm. You know? So the world, I know. The world is cool. so big. <laughs> I know. It's not. It's not a big world at all. I mean, because – and I am truly – starting to understand this whole six degrees of separation thing. You know, it's it's like, oh, wow, blows your mind, man. Blows your mind. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted, um, another thing before um, our guest will be calling in in a couple of minutes, um, one of the things I wanted to talk about as well is um, next week our guest is going to be Kevin Maloney. Um, and oh, Kevin, um, I think I know who that is. All right, if you're on Twitter yeah. or um what is the or Twitter or Facebook? You know, uh, Kevin has rise up to HIV, and he started a um, global campaign to raise awareness during the International AIDS Conference um, from July 22nd to July 27th. And what we're trying to do is a collective group is to make HIV and AIDS trend on Twitter. So if you're talking about HIV and you tweet or you're talking about living with AIDS, use it as a hashtag so it starts to trend. And it's something that we're going to try to do during the AIDS conference. And Kevin's going to come on and talk about, you know, where it all came from and, and, and how it, you know, what it's all about really to get into more depth about it because, you know what I mean, he was, you know, the big man behind it in the beginning. So I think mm-hmm. it's awesome. And he's been on before and shared his story. So he's going to come on and talk a little bit about that. Um, and for people who don't know Kevin, he is uh, co-infected with hepatitis C, so we talked about that and we'll be sharing about living with HIV and also hepatitis. So I think that's an important topic for people to know that it's coming up next week. Oh, I think so, too. I mean, that's, that sounds I, – I love him. He's, he's a good guy. He's a good kid. And uh, we'll just have to, you know, tell him to behave himself. You know, it's funny. I, um, not to go off topic, though, but I, I did an interview uh, last week with a, an online magazine, um, and it's not hitting me right now, the name of it. Um, but we talked about, you know, what it was like meeting people after knowing them online, like what it was like talking to you face-to-face for the first time and meeting people like uh, Kevin Millennial, people that we've had on the show, you know what I mean, people yeah. on Pause I Am. What is it like to meet them? And I couldn't relate to it. The only way I could explain it to him, I go, it's kind of like being reunited with your long, long, long-lost family relatives, you know, on the uh-huh. open show. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what it's like when yeah. you meet these people that you – talk to every day, tweet to every day, and really, you know, 
find support in online and then to meet them face to face is just oh wow, it's an incredible experience. And I thought that you know what I mean, like it's really, awesome. yeah. Yeah, it is it is kind of cool when you you start, you know, doing all of this stuff and you meet someone and it 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 really is very very cool. Um I also did a uh, I did an on-camera interview. Um When did I do an on-camera interview? I did it Thursday, Thursday morning as a matter of fact with um a with it's on going to be on WTVI, which is our local PBS station here. And uh, so I think maybe six people will watch. <laughs> and um, and uh, so it was, you know, uh, we, we talked not necessarily about HIV, but we actually talked about uh, some of the issues um, surrounding uh, being a homosexual in, um, in Charlotte right now. Because I don't know, so I just to do a really brief recap, um, North Carolina, Overwhelmingly uh, approved a uh, amendment to the state's um, constitution that um, bans uh, same-sex marriage. But it goes much, much further than just same-sex marriage. It also um, states that the only union that will be recognized is a marriage between a man and a woman. Meaning that the implications are that if you are a heterosexual couple, uh, not married, and have children together your union will be not rec- will not be recognized. So I mean it just it, it gets it's really really broad and it's poorly written in in that sort of thing. So what happened this in the last couple of weeks a um a uh a preacher, a Baptist preacher from Maiden, North Carolina, which is a little bit further north than Charlotte, it's in a rural area. He uh went on and somebody actually recorded his the sermon and posted it. And uh, he said that he 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 said that all gay uh, no no let me use his words he said all queers and lesbians need to be rounded up and put into pens surrounded by um, uh, hot uh, uh, electric fence and that way you know because they can't reproduce they'll just all suddenly die off and then you won't have this issue anymore so yeah. And that always so that, cracks me up. It's not the gay people reproducing that are making gay people. I know. I mean, not the it's, heterosexuals. You know I mean? Stop having gay people. Stop having gay people. I mean, I'm just saying for somebody to say that, I mean, it's just so stupid. And just, I well, don't know. It is. I just, well, and, and like I said on the show is, you know, it, it, we're not the victims in all of this, the gays and lesbians and bisexuals and transgenders. We're not the, the victims. The victims in this are the people that are sitting in the pews listening to him and actually believing it. That's that's the real sad, sad story behind all of this. Yeah. I totally actually um agree. Yeah. And and the um just to go back to what I was talking about, the the interview that I did was for Edge Media Network. So um once that interview comes out I'll I'll post that for people to say, but that was the magazine on my magazine I did it with. Um that we were talking about earlier. I'm just waiting for our um, guests to give us a call into the show, and then we'll start wrapping it up. So other than that, yeah. um, what um, what was I going to say to you? L- last I week don't know. we had on, on Mary Bowman. Uh, next week we have on, on Kevin. Uh, and the one thing I wanted to talk about is that people who are listening maybe for the first time, you can actually go onto iTunes and download some of our past episodes, actually all of our past episodes, all 233 of them. Um, directly for free right off of iTunes. You just go to podcast and search Pause I Am. You should pop right up and just start listening. It's simple if you have an iPhone. Like, I didn't realize how easy it actually is on my iPhone now that I have one. That I can just go to a show, I click it, and boom. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool, isn't it? It's amazing. They're all I right I have there. One. I, I know. You, you've you crossed over to the dark side. Speaking, speaking of iPhones, I actually ordered a new uh, MacBook Air for me. Should be coming this week. Very excited because what is it? The a MacBook Air. It's the thin, really light MacBook. Because right now I have a MacBook Pro, and my keyboard is starting to die. I can't use the Enter key, the Shift key, or the Page Up, and, and it's like in the corner of my the right hand lower right hand corner of my keyboard is all dead. So. 
so I just said, you know, I just said, you know, this is a almost five years old. This computer is five, yeah, about five years old, and um, so it's time to get a new one. And I also bought Mark one too, so he'll get a new computer this week too. Who else wants a new computer? Anybody? I want one. I want one. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, you know. I. It's just. What, what's amazing is that technology is is only good for two or three years, and then you have to recycle the stuff. What right. I hate. That's true. What I hate. Yeah, and what I hate about getting a new machine is that now I have to migrate everything over to it. Over oh, to the new yeah, one. Yeah, that's probably the worst. Ugh. Well, not if. Okay, so now I'm going to plug Apple again. Not unless you have a time capsule like I do, and you back everything up onto your time capsule, and you can pull everything down. Great. That's right. iCloud. iCloud is the best thing ever. Yeah, I have to get into that or figure out more about that um, because I want to purchase a new laptop because one that I have now um, is constantly running its fans and actually um, yeah, turns off go with in Mac. the middle of the show. Get, so get, get a Mac. Yeah, get, get, a Mac. Go get a Mac. It's worth the investment because it just works. It just works. I have I have worked this one into the ground, and it still is chucking along. So I'm going to keep this one kind of off to the side so when I need something else and, and all of that. So is he here yet? No, actually, he's not on hold. Okay. So um, okay. I'm not sure exactly well, where he's at. So what I'm going to do is so, if you're uh, listening and you'd like to call in and you have a question, you can reach us here at 347-215-9442 while we're waiting for Ryan to give us a call into the show. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, because I know it's, it's a big issue that a lot of people face is, is disclosure. Uh, so while we're waiting yeah. to find the call, we'll talk a little bit about some of the topics that are important to us living with HIV. And the one that we always talk about at my support group is disclosure, how to actually get out the words, you know, I'm HIV positive and when is the right time and what happens if you don't. So, yeah. Um, well, do you remember, you know, do you remember the first time you disclosed? Yeah. It was probably three days after my my positive diagnosis. And who was that too? Oh, I know you were going to ask that question. Well, <laughs> was it someone yeah. you dated? <laughs> That's all I wanted to know. <laughs> like, no, it wasn't anybody I dated. It was to a friend of mine, and I can't remember if I disclosed to her first or second. <laughs> but I disclosed to my friend first, and. Um, and that was uh, hard enough. But uh, I, I can remember um, disclosing to my first sexual partner um, after Steve and I broke up. And um, that was probably the hardest thing ever to do. I, I, I mean, that was <clears throat> years ago. But, you know, disclosing uh, to, to, to sex partners, you know, is um, – is, 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 is probably one of the hardest things to do because you're there, you're or or a new or a new love interest, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's that fear of rejection. It's that fear of, of oh my God, I'm 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 giving information away that is so close to me and it's so personal that you know they're gonna they're gonna judge me. They're gonna you know this that and the other thing. And I think I think disclosure. Especially in the beginning, is is the toughest is probably the toughest decision to is the toughest decision to make, if you ask me. Yeah, but I remember because when I was diagnosed, the first uh, the first person I told was obviously my partner at the time. Um, but after that, um, there was no like that security wasn't there after we split up. So like telling somebody like all over again, it was kind of like that was kind of felt like more of my first time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I remember actually, I, and I, I know I always tell this story when we talk about disclosing, but I literally like made the positive sign out of toothpicks at a restaurant with somebody and kind of used that as a symbolism, and they understood it. You know what I mean? And they were okay well, with it. Well, that's, you know, that's just crafty of you. Uh, I, I think that's great. You get all Marcus Stewart on his ass. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're, you're showing your artistic side, you're, you're, you're being health conscious. I mean, I think that's fantastic. That's that's absolutely wonderful. Me, I was, I don't. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> that was the first I, time. I don't I know. Think. I, I don't. I don't know how to respond to that, Robert. 
That was the first time. The second time I did it, I think I may have, I don't know if I was drunk or not, but I just remember <laughs> sobbing. I remember sobbing like a little baby, like I was telling somebody that I was going to die. You know what I mean? Like it was so horrible. Yeah. Um, but, you know what I mean? It, it gets easier. I found it to be a lot easier because, you know, when I met, you know, my partner now, when I said it to him, it was like on the dance floor. So I didn't have to worry about the oh. second date telling them. You know what I mean? It was like instantly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, now I, I I look around everything. And it's it, it's just I you know I'm, I I shout at the top of the hills that you know it's like I'm coming to your town and I'm HIV positive. Here I come. You know, <laughs> but it, it, I think because in in one of the reasons why I disclose so early and so often and just and just out there about it is all these stupid laws. That are that are on the books, and we remember we talked to uh, Robert Subtle um, was that a couple yeah. of weeks ago, and and um, you know he was talking about the criminalization of, of HIV, uh, so that is such a complex topic. But disclosure is such a large part of it that if you don't disclose, you can, in Robert's case, get prosecuted. In, in many other cases, you can be prosecuted for these things. Um, so it's, I, you know, it, it, it's it's a difficult decision. But when when you're almost forced into the decision, I think some people who aren't as comfortable with it, they shrink back and they and they shut down, and then they don't say anything. And um, and they're just hoping that the other person brings it up. So that way, if they don't bring it up, then they must not care uh, or must not want to know. So I'm not going to bring it up, and I'm not going to say anything. So it, it just becomes a convoluted mess. And and because you know, like you and I, Robert, we're we are so open, we're so out there with everything. I mean, we have these, we have um, very public per- personas, right. And, and people know us, and they know, you know, I mean, you can Google you can Google one of us, you can Google our names, and it's something about HIV or being positive is going to show up. It, it, so that's, it, because it's important, because we are, uh, because we're doing this advocacy, and we're doing this stuff for those who aren't comfortable about, about speaking out. But it, it does come down to, you know, I don't want to scare anybody on the, you know, any of our listeners. Um but uh, it's it's a frightening thing. It's a, it's it's frightening to think that if I don't disclose, I could go to prison. If I do disclose, I, nobody's going to want to talk to me anymore. And so I think some folks are caught in this in this you know there's a rock and there's a hard place and they're in between. And um, so I mean, disclosure is a double-edged sword. In many cases, not in all cases, but in many. No, uh, it is. And yeah. the one thing I want to say is, it, it is scary in the very beginning when you're newly diagnosed. But as you do it, like anything, you know, it, it gets easier. And a lot of times, people react to you the way that you react to them. So oh, one thing that you, you know, if you they're sobbing like I was when I talked about disclosing to that one person. It was, I was a hot mess. Like, how attractive is a hot mess? You know what I mean? Like, somebody just cried. So, for me, it probably pushed that person away to where they, you know, don't speak to me anymore. And that's fine, but they react to the way that you are. So, if you are coming yeah. to them with information and confidence and you feel good about it and you know that you're not dying, you know that you're going to live a full productive life and, you know, you're over the initial shock of it. When you come with that confidence, it's, it's seen for the person you're disclosing to and they kind of had that. You know, that boost right. that, oh, well, he's okay or she's okay with it, so I think I can be okay with it, too. You, you are, you're absolutely right. And what, what, what's that phrase, um, you, you, you get back what you put out or something like that? Uh, it's the, it's, I think it's a Buddhist thing, the energy or karma, the, the energy that you, that you give is the same energy that you're going to get, is, is the same energy that you're going to receive. And, and you're right. absolutely right, Robert. We are. Um, uh, we we have to make sure that 
A, we're presenting the information to the person in, in a format or in a way that they're going to be able to receive it. But we also want to, you know, and I don't want to say manipulate, but I will say we want to guide their reaction about right. how we, you know, you're not manipulating anybody, but we want to we want to guide you to the response that we're looking for. So I, I think um, with that being said, I think we have our guest on, on, the, on hold, yes? Yeah, you can help me welcome Ryan Wilcox. Hi, Ryan. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Welcome to the show. Hola, porque oh, I have to go get some some water, you know. So, so how are you doing this evening? I am doing great. I I didn't have to teach ice skating lessons. I I just kind of hung out, you know, on on a Sunday, and that's what I did. Well, that's nice. That sounds very nice. Sounds like, it definitely sounds like a good way to um, spend the holiday. Um, uh, the Memorial Holiday. You know, I um, I have very strong convictions about the Memorial Holiday. I, I may not, uh, I I may not love a war that we're in. But when when I go to airports, which which I do with my skating and everything, if I receive someone in uniform, I always shake their hand and thank thank them for my freedom, because that's what it is. You know. Uh, no, you're, you're right. Is that right? No. Yes. That's why you do that. I mean, I may not believe in this war, which I don't, but. It's still going on, and I thank you for my freedom. And I don't think enough people thank them for what they've gone through, what they've done. Right. Just like no, these totally, Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, so let's let's move on to your story because we're a little bit behind. So I want to um, start off. You um, were actually diagnosed in 1979, and this is before they actually called it AIDS, before they actually called it GRIDS. What did they diagnose you with, Ryan? Uh, they diagnosed me with uh, CMV, which is cyclomegavirus, which means we don't know what the fuck. There's too many diseases here going on. But I'd get a cold, and it would last for, like, God, months. I would, yeah. And so, okay, so that that was 1970. Actually, it was 1978. 79 went through. Went through some chemotherapy drugs. 1982 came around. And that's when it was gay cancer, which they called that GRID, Gay Related Immune Deficiency. And that's where that sick effing, uh, the, the pastor comes from, that this is a punishment from God. I also got that from my mother. But now, when you were when you were diagnosed in 79, did they give you a certain amount of time that they said that you would you know, be alive for? Because I know when a lot of people were diagnosed yeah, back then, they were given, like, they gave you a year. They gave me a year. And look at you, 33 I years have later, outlived, I have outlived a terminal illness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they gave so me a year, and that was that was in my 20s. Um, and so they gave me a year, and I was like, okay, uh, you don't know me. And this was before Beyonce. Thank you very much. You must not know about me, baby. Because, you know, I just, I, I, I've i always been sick as a child, so I never gave up. And this, the, the whole AIDS thing got devastating. I mean, from from the first point of it, oh, my God. I would go to people's houses, and they would, they would like, uh, you know, after I left, they would throw away my dishes, or they'd soak them in Clorox, you know, or they'd, it was it was crazy at the beginning, and I I didn't know. I mean, I I was just, I mean, in my day and time, you could play fetch and play and not get a shot or, or whatever to fix it. Right. That didn't happen. In so so what was it like when these when you went to these places and ate and they threw your stuff away after you ate there? Did they know that? that you knew that they were doing this? Like, what did that feel like? Yeah, they knew. They knew. And 
I'm a really gracious person. So I didn't mean I, I didn't I didn't make a thing about it. I you know, I just, but like, did, I just did it bother you? Did it, did it bother you, like deep down inside, or was it something that was like, oh, well, God. you know, I really don't, I really don't oh. know what this is anyway. Oh God, it tore me to pieces. It tore yeah, me to sure. pieces to to think that you know, and it, it's it, it's even. I mean, after all these years, you know, hey, I'm a figure skater. I look pretty damn good. But at 53, it's just, I. Dating is so hard because of those stigmas. These are stigmas that were set up years ago. And there's still some people that you'll find with these stigmas. So after so when after you're diagnosed, how did you tell your family? How did you find support? Like what did you do to, uh, to, to kind of get through it? Well, I had a nervous breakdown which I think is apropos. Uh, then I told my brother. My brother told my mother. I did not want it to go down that way because she is a drama queen in a handbasket. But it's when it was there, it was there. And then she told me that, well, this is your punishment from God for your lifestyle. That's when I decided that it was not my lifestyle. This is my life. This is my life. It's not my lifestyle. And Were you raised when in a Christian out, or Catholic home? Very Christian. Yeah. Very, very Christian. Christian, uh, God, I mean, my mother... <laughs> My mother church hopped more than I bar hopped. So we were Nazarene one week. We were we were Presbyterian the next week. We were uh, we never went to the Catholics because you know they're all going to hell because they worship false idols. I love the statuary in Catholic church. But, oh, God, yeah. Sorry, so, sorry that's, so I, I just about spit my drink out. <laughs> I know, but sweetie, I mean, really, you're seeing this, you know. And it was right. pretty, you know, you just stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, and I've been to churches that were holy rollers, breaking up chairs, things like that. I thank God my father was just like, okay, kid, we're out of here. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Dad, so, this is crazy. So... So, Ryan, just to kind of speed things up here just a little bit, this is Jeremy, um, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I um, uh, just wanted to remind our callers that we are now at the bottom of the hour. I don't know how we got there so fast, but, but we're there. We're speaking with Ryan Wilcox. And, um, Ryan, so I was, I was reading up on you, and I found a um, little article about you in uh, Colorado's out front. But before I go there, um, I just want to let you know that I used to live in Brighton, Colorado, just just a little south of Greeley there. Lovely. Where you were born. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Isn't it nice? It's growing. I was born in Greeley, yeah. Yeah, Greeley, where, I mean, the whole place smells like a stockyard. <laughs> yeah, but, but <laughs> you know, I think this is why I have no sense of smell, because I was a dairy farmer's <laughs> boy. Please, are you kidding me? <laughs> The only thing yeah. I wasn't allergic to was the equipment. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I was allergic to cattle so, hair. Hey, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, um, so Ryan, you, you know, you, you you were diagnosed. You did all of this, and you got back into skating, into ice skating, figure skating, to be more precise, about what thirty, thirty-four years after. Six years ago. Actually, it was 34 years after I competed as... That was my dream at seven. And 38, 34, 48, God, don't make me count. Yeah, it's coming around now. And, you know, I say that, you know, your dreams are never... Our dreams, I read, I don't know where I got this, but it resonated so much for me. I have a, I have a T-shirt 
that says our dreams are not infected. And I believe that. I believe that if you just, if you step out there one step, then maybe you'll get another step. Then maybe you'll get another step. You know, but that's, I I, I guess that's, it's, I mean, the ice is, is mind, body, and spirit. It's it's like when you play soccer. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you're having to think about technical details in your head where the players are. Then you think about where the ball is in play. And then, you you know, it's mind, body, spirit. Yeah, it, right. It, all yeah. these things have to be together. And I wanted to take back what AIDS has take, had taken from me. I think that's you know, great. So in skating with that outlet for you, um, where where I want to know how the how the skating um, community uh, reacted to because you're obviously not quiet about your um, HIV stuff. <laughs> um, no, so how how did how did the skating I community react? Amazed. I was amazed and mesmerized and. It was a beautiful feeling. When I, they all, I mean, because evidently I caused a ruckus because I'm like, you know, 53 and like skating like a bat out of hell. Anyway, it was, it was very nice. It was very nice. They they took all my, because I carried um, my Colorado AIDS Project stuff everywhere. I do all that. I carry all that. And they ask, I tell them. I'm very open about that. If you're closed about that, well, okay, I'll just back away. It's okay. You're really not going to get it if I breathe on you. So, yeah, I, I, it, was, it was very nice. It was very nice. Cool. And you, cool. You, you participated in, what, was it the, the gay games? Or what was the, what was the 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 I don't, I don't want to call it a tournament, but what did they call the what was the the gay Olympics that you participated in, or something that because I saw medals around your neck, gold medals and stuff like that. I remember, I think it was like oh, two yeah, years, gay games. right, two years ago was or something. Was it gay games? But you know, and where was baby? that at? I, I, that was in Germany, in Cologne. In Cologne, I and recommend it highly. Um, but my my really true, I mean is what it just got. USFSA. I'm playing with the big fucking girls now. I'm playing with NFL hockey and still getting gold. So well, that's great. At my and you know, I I mean they're you're separated into bronze, silver, gold category and your age and whatnot. I don't care. This this has brought me back to life, you know, I mean I had before I started skating, I I got really pissed off because I was I was sitting in my chair and my job was to drink a bottle of vodka every day until I passed out until I got up the next morning. And I just sat just sat there and I thought, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I can't. And skating was one of the things that AIDS had taken away from me. I was walking on a cane at that time. I took that stopper off and put a little spike in there. You know, you know, a little spike in there. And I was like, I am going to take this back for myself. And I never knew that it would take me with this journey, with this message, because I'm, I'm not, I'm not the message. I'm the journey. I mean, I am here. I I have USFSA gold on my walls. Actually, I have ten golds and two silvers and one pewter. Ugh, I got to work on that. But <laughs> that's pretty amazing. You know, I mean, but it, it, it's you cannot give up because this is just a disease, and you know, it, it's it's a mind disease as much as anything else. Because it it works on your oh God, it works on on your integrity and your you know stigmas. Oh, you must have been a dirty fucking piece of shit because you got this. You must have 
in a sorry, I know I said that as but yeah, this is this is what they make you feel. And that's not it. That's not it. So, Anyone so who's I, not having safe sex is in trouble. I just want to get this timeline right. So when did you actually very start begin skating? Did you say you were seven years old? Oh, yeah. So, so you were skating when you were little, and then at what age did you stop ice skating or figure skating? Well, when I broke my knee. Okay, so you were trying to. I learned, I learned from a book how to ice skate because my grandmother, that's a queen, she, <laughs> she loves Sonia Henny. You know who Sonia Henny is, my love? No, I do not. She was a Swiss skater who was just the deal. And she did lots of movies and lots of movies. So I would sit there and watch with my grandma going, Gee, I could do that. Grandma, will you, will you drive me down to the sewer pond? <laughs> she having no idea what I was going to do. I get out there on those frozen sewer ponds, and I that's how I started. And then oh, I got a book amazing. from Peggy Fleming and to show the moves and stuff. And that's how it started. And my so grandma that's how it started? was in it. And you said yeah, that you, my, you broke your knee? Is that what you said? That's what made you stop? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was, oh, I was trying to do something way more obtuse than I, I should have been. But it was in her book, you know. But when my dad and mom found out about this, they kind of cut me off because it was too homosexual of a sport. Right. My my grandmother decided <laughs> bite my wrinkly ass, and you know we we went through. I had five years of therapy for that broken knee or whatever, but. He told me he, I would never walk without a lamp and I'd never skate. And, you know, this is before Beyonce. You must not know about me, babe. Well, well I you think it's an incredible know. story of survival to see that you were actually, you said, like, told you weren't going to walk. You were only, when you were diagnosed, you were only going to, to live for a year. And 33 years later, because you were basically diagnosed the year I was born, so I know exactly how long you've been positive. For 33 years, I think it's, an amazing story that you're here sharing, and I think people, you know, Sweetie, need to call it's, and, and it's talk to you. It's just, okay, well, let's talk. Yeah, let me open the lines. Um, we uh, got about 15 minutes they... left in the show, so if you would like to give us a call here and speak to Ryan, 347-215-9442, and we'll bring you on the air. Um, so what, what do you have planned coming up? Where are you skating next? I'm going to be staying at Worlds. And, okay, you know, let me bring something else up that that might yeah, sure. be beneficial to your children in here. Okay, you know, when you're on disability, don't be afraid to be too healthy. It terrifies me every time I get on the ice because they could be me too healthy. And then... They cut up my $4,000 worth of medications, and guess where we are? We're dying again. But don't. I, I have fought this fight. Call me. I have fought this fight. I will not be chastised for being healthy. You know, this has been a bitch in a handbasket. And, okay, I'm feeling better. But, yeah, it takes $4,000 like aspirin. I don't know. Have I don't know why other... it's easy to get that out there. No, that's fine. Somebody must have had to hear it. That's why you said it. Um, have you actually um, gone to these uh, championships and actually met other people who were skating and who were also positive? Yes. And what is that like for you to know that, you know, that there's other people out there who are, um, actually, you know, sort of like you doing the same uh, thing that you're doing, chasing the same dream? Oh, child. <laughs> they are not as... Okay, I'm going to own it. They are not as strong as me. And when they found this out, this was last day games, I had men coming up to me and crying on me 
just I was like, hey, hey, it's Kiana. Will you just? But that made me feel so good that that you know, no, no, I'm coming out. I'm coming out, and I'm saying that I can do this, and you can too. And you know, most of them were their their lovers had died, or they were going through it, or they. You know, they, they just know what to do. I mean, because if you're too healthy, they can't go off your meds. And then if you're not healthy enough, you have to be dead, dragging a dead dog, for Christ's sake. Right. I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable. You know, preventative medicine is is always good. But, you know, nobody makes money on preventative medicine. Right. That, yeah, that's true. That's true. Hey, um, so our listeners who are not in the chat room, um, just want to let you know that it is 15 minutes now uh, to the end of the show. And we'd like to go ahead and open up our phone lines um, at 347-215-9442. Give us a call. And if you have a uh, question or comment, you did not say that, Robert. You didn't. I did. <laughs> Where was I? Say I don't know. Come on, bitch. All right. Well, you can't. You know what? So we're just going to do it again. All right. So three four seven two one five nine four four two. Give us a call, and um, if you have any questions for our guest tonight, um, or you have any comments, or you just want to chime in, just give us a call. All right. There. Just so you, know. You can't, just you can't know do it more than other. There is rocking out here. Even if you're over fifty, there is rocking. You know, I got sold. I I I was. 25 years was stolen from me. So now I think I'm getting a little ooh, my mojo back. Anyway, so what does he want to tell me? Come on. So, uh, one thing I want to ask you about is: Are you going to the international? <laughs> are you going to the Go international on, bring AIDS it. conference? Bring it. Did you hear me? Give the telephone. Bring it. Are you going to the international AIDS conference? Uh, no, because I, I don't have the funds. Okay. Have, yes, have you I gone did. To I, I would go. I would go. Mariah Majai is there. I would go. Uh, but, you know, maybe I still live on $798 a month. So, the things I can do, that's why I, I always ask for sponsors. Because you're gonna sponsor me, and I will, I will show you out, baby. Be good, but I don't have the money for this. No, I mean, no, that makes sense. I live on of... I live on seven hundred and ninety eight dollars a month. Yeah, that's a lot. Wow. Of, um, really? Yeah. Wow. You have a question? So we have from a, the chat we have, room? Yeah, we have a question from the chat room. Um, Michael asks. Okay. Um, uh, Ryan, what is the biggest lesson that you've uh, been able to gain from this whole experience from being diagnosed to getting back into the skating? What's the biggest life lesson that you learned? Never give up. Never give, give up on your dreams because our dreams are not infected. Is that there you right? go. I no, I totally agree with you, and I think it's... Um... Our dreams are not infected. They're not. I would stand that till the day of time. So, find so, that dream. There's a million of them out there. If one doesn't work, okay, find another one. Jeez, my great-grandfather told me at 103 that... Sorry, I he said bitch. <laughs> Actually, he was pretty sweet. He... He told me, don't get to the end of your life and say, I wish I'd done that. Do it. You fail, fuck it. If you don't fail, well, then hey. And he died at 105 and had two girlfriends. <laughs> God, I came from a horny line of people. <laughs> oh, Lord. What happens to the best of And I think, you know, with those words of wisdom coming from your grandfather, um, that's a great way that we can um, end the show. So, Ryan, where can people go and contact you? Um, can they find you on Facebook, or would you rather them look for you on Pause I Am, or where can they find you? Uh, I never... 
Where? I thought about that. I never thought about that. Um, okay, so they can find you on Facebook? Right. No, I, no, I don't. No. Because it's, that's too... No, no Facebook. Uh, okay, so if they want to look for you, they can Google you and find my you. Email. That works. It's give no big my deal. my email. Okay, what's your email? You can let them know. Ryan Wilcox, R-Y-A-N-W-I-L-C-O-X, 35, at yahoo.com. There you have it. Ryan, thank you so much for calling in and sharing your story. Oh, of course, baby. For people who are newly diagnosed, it's an amazing thing to hear, 33 years. I'm sorry? Come on, Andy, 33 years with Olympic medals, bitch. Oh, I think God. that is an amazing thing for people to hear. So I want to thank you for coming oh, on and, and <laughs> offering your um, offering your uh, experience and, and your hope because it's a lot of hope for those. Thank, really I want you to experience hope, love of life. This is what it's about. You don't if if you have to, you have to give up because I had to deal with those people too where nothing was working for them, so they had to give up. So I had to relinquish. But if you're here, rock on. There you go. You heard it. Ryan, I will put your um, email out so people can contact you if they want to talk to you further. Thank you again for coming on, and we hope you have a great Memorial Day tomorrow. Oh, I'm just going to, like, I'm going to kick my hand. Thanks again to our guest, Ryan, for coming on to the show. Uh, let's take a quick 30-second um, break, and we'll be right back. I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good, but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love, and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to AIDS, but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the Naked Truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than AIDS. There you go. And if you um, would like to learn more about Marvin Brown, you can actually go to uh, MarvinBrown.com or actually uh, go in our archives and listen because two weeks ago we interviewed her. That's right. We did. Yeah. So that Wasn't was she fun? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she speaking of greater than AIDS, um, yes. it's weird because we, you know, I did a blog post, I think I want to say two years ago, because remember there was a billboard in my neighborhood for um, basically promoting not for people not to inject IV drugs and said, don't in- inject IV drugs, you could be injecting HIV. So I thought it was kind of um, stigmatizing to us living with HIV to have something like that up there, especially when there's nothing um, positive uh, for people to read about living with HIV, you know, about where to get help or support or anything like on billboards. So just within the past six months, I was driving down 95, and there was actually a greater than AIDS billboard. And I was like, oh, crap, I couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? I I tried to take a photo of it, whatever, um, because I'm corny like that. But we were, you know, I thought it was cool to see that. And then I noticed like two weeks later, when I would come home at night the opposite way, the lights would be off and you weren't able to read it. Um, and I went on to their Facebook page, Greater Than AIDS, and I told them about it. I don't know if they got the message or not, but all of a sudden they have another billboard now in another location going the same way, and they popped another billboard up with the mail on it this time um, coming the opposite way. So I thought it was pretty cool that now these billboards are popping up in um, my neighborhood where they weren't, what, two years ago when I did that post. That's cool. That's very cool. pretty cool. Hey, um, something else that's pretty cool, and I'm going to be sending them to you if I know what I did with them. Um, <clears throat> oh, there they are. Uh, I have some stuff that, to give to you, Robert, um, from the 19th Annual Walk for AIDS 2012 uh, for the House of Mercy. And it says, with appreciation to Paz I Am, sponsor for Walk for AIDS. So um, I've got the flyers for you, and they put their put your name, uh, put Pause I Am on a T-shirt that I've got for you, Aww. and um, mentioned it some um, into some uh, uh, great press. So I'm going to be uh, making some copies of these and sending the originals out to you. 
Sweet. That would be awesome. You can either do that or you can just bring it to the International AIDS Conference, too, whatever is easier for you. Oh, either way. So, yeah. um, oh, you I know want, what the other I want, thing I would yes, like to talk want, about um, is what okay. you're doing. What am I doing? What you're doing with, with um, in, in New York. In what June. am I doing in New York? Oh, in with June. Daniel. With Daniel. Oh, oh, that. Did you take your meds already? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Um, so in June, uh, June 23rd, 24th, uh, Daniel Bauer is doing a, an amazing show called Beyond Belief. Um, it's his uh, life story chronicled um, in 90 minutes and uh, accompanied by uh, some amazing pieces of magic. And, and I get to uh, – and I'm, I'm completely honored and humbled that he asked me to uh, part, uh, participate with him in the show. So I'm going to be his lovely assistant. Um, and no, before anybody asks, I will not be sawed in half. So that, that's not happening. Um, however, Daniel doesn't know this, but I am coming out in a rhinestone-studded cod piece. So um, we'll see how that goes in dress rehearsal. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, so I'm, I'm his lovely assistant, and uh, I'm, I'm just thrilled to be a part of it and to, um, to, see, and, and to see Daniel getting back into the swing of things. And um, I'm just I'm thrilled. I'm just absolutely thrilled to be a part of it. So June 23rd, 24th, um, Oh, God, he's going to kill me because I can't remember that theater name. But uh, I'll, I'll remember it next, for next week, and I'll get it out to everybody. But uh, tickets are already on sale. You can go to Living – you can go to Daniel Bauer's website, uh, Living Positively, right? Living – yeah, I think so. I think you can go to his website, um, to Daniel Bauer's website, and you can uh, pick up the um, – tick- you can pick up tickets there. Uh, and if you don't get them online, then you can always get them at the box office, but they're going to be a little bit more expensive at the box office, and I think it's like $5 more or something like that. So if you're in New York, you're in the city, you want to come by and see an amazing piece, um, an amazing show, and some great, and some great magic, uh, stop by and, uh, and say hello if you can. Yeah, and um, livingpositively.com, I think, is the website, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that is it. Daniel, this was so much. Right. Um, I know. Yeah, definitely go check it out because, you know, I saw it for the first time that somebody sitting in the audience at the NAPL conference in Dallas, and I was totally moved by it, whether it was Daniel's personal story or his magic and the stories that he told with it. It just, for me, it moved everybody in the audience, and everybody was just staring and was like, what was next? What was going to be the next thing that he was going to do? And I heard that what he's doing up there in New York is even bigger than what he did here in, in, over in Dallas. So I'm hoping that maybe I could make it what, up there what did you, you, what, what, do you what do you mean it's going to be bigger? What, what else do I have to know? No, no, he's doing different stuff, right? <laughs> no, um, uh, he might be. That's the whole. That's the whole. That's the whole magic. Who thing, knows? Right? You have to go. But go out and support our exactly. you know, fellow Paz Iamer and go out there and exactly. here in New York or in the area and see him and, and, and Jeremy. And and in August, uh, Daniel and I are going to um, Jacksonville, Florida, to do a um, a benefit for the Teddy Bear Touchdown, to um, which is Dad Gardner's organization. So, um, but I'm not sure if Dab is going to be there or not because I think Dab's in Fort, La- Fort Lauderdale, but uh, we'll be in Jacksonville, Florida, with a couple of um, posiamers like William Herndon. So, well, speaking of Dab the Aid Fair, actually, I took him with me um, to my tournament this weekend, and I got a couple pictures with him. I posted one, I think, um, on the internet, and another one with my niece. So you can check them out. Um, we actually are down to the last minute. Um, I can't believe it flew by. I want to thank everyone for tuning in on this Memorial Day weekend. I'm sure, um, you know, you probably fought to come here and, and listen because uh, you know there's nothing on TV. But I want to thank you all, our guest, uh, Ryan Wilcox, for coming on and sharing his amazing story and offering hope to those living with HIV. Uh, you can find information on uh, Jeremy Dunn by going to PositivelySpeaking.com. And you can follow him on Twitter. You can follow, actually follow the show on Twitter at PositiveSpeaking.com. We're at Pause I Am, and you can actually find our handles in the description, so you can go to Jeremy's personal account, my personal account, and follow us there. Again, Jeremy is PositivelySpeaking.com. You can join the social network and find more information on myself and the radio show at PauseIM.com. Jeremy, another fabulous show. Flying side by side. Next Good week time. we'll be speaking to Kevin Maloney, 
um, Rise Up to HIV, so tune into that. And um, have a great weekend. Thank you, everybody. Have a good Monday, actually. Yeah, have a great Memorial Day, everybody. Bye-bye.